Uh, I think my setup's a bit botched. Hang on. Yeah. Hello. Yeah. So the tone, the tone of this is going to be hostile. I'm warning you now. Okay. I, uh, I uh, haven't been able to to have a conversation with a lot of utilitarians. A lot of either it's difficult to find or the ones that I'm aware of have been avoiding me. And I, I would like some answers, and you are in the hot seat because yeah, yeah, cool. no, no, re no real reason. Yeah. Um. Yeah. So let's start. Oh, no, so let's start with the definition of utilitarianism. Let's. Uh, is there like a massive difference between consequentialism? By the way, is it like the greatest good for the greatest number of people, or the greatest outcomes for the greatest number of people? What would you say it is? Um. So, I mean, consequentialism is just. So okay, you've got utilitarian, which is a for utilitarianism, which is a form of consequentialism, right? So broadly speaking, um, consequentialism is just any moral system that factors in the consequences, um, mm -hmm. at least as far as I, my understanding goes. And utilitarianism is a specific uh, consequentialist um, mor moral system in which you try to maximize utility and utility can just be defined as whatever you want. Like it's, you know, that that's like the absolute highest level version of it. Most utilitarians, uh, me included, um, have utility as a kind of, um, uh, what's the word utility? They use utility synonymously with well-being. Um, mm -hmm. So yeah, so it's basically just like maximizing well-being. Whatever, whatever generates the most well-being is what um, a pure utilitarian would kind of like. That'd be their preferred moral outcome, I guess. Um, and generates the most well-being for who? Uh, just whatever generates the highest raw number. Um, so it doesn't matter um, who. Is, I, most people say like, I don't know anything that could experience well-being. So um, in my case, I'm a vegan. So I would factor in animals, humans, um, any sentient like thing having some sort of an experience, anything that can have like a quote-unquote well-being like mental state. Um, so yeah, yeah, that's, I think that's what I would say. Um, yeah. If you hear the following sentence for the greater good, would that fall under? Would that be a utilitarian-related uh, sentence? Um, I. I mean, like, okay, I possibly um, in some contexts, almost definitely. But mm -hmm. personally, I don't really like ascribing any kind of like broad phrase or something like that to a particular belief because something like for the greater good is, you know, it's already quite normatively loaded. Um, what one person defines as good is going to be separate to someone else. So a Christian would consider the greater good to be very different to what a utilitarian would consider, right? So uh, may, I'm sure some people would use it like that from a utilitarian perspective, but I, I don't like ascribing any kind of like single phrase to an ideology, I guess. Okay. And um, would you say that... That outside, or let's say expanded from morality, utilitarianism can be found in politics today? I don't know. Um, I think... I, um, I would say... I think most people, and therefore most politicians and most politics, at least in the countries I'm aware of... Um, so this is obviously going to be fairly limiting, so I don't know about, like, I don't know, uh, Singapore's legal system or, like, you know, Brazil's legal system particularly well. But in the country somewhere, I would say that I think most people follow some form of vaguely utilitarian uh, principles, even if they don't, wouldn't be able to articulate it necessarily. I think most people believe in the concept of, of um, trying to make the world a better place for, you know, a, a broad amount of people, I guess, um, helping everyone try to succeed in their own lives and be happy. I think most people believe in something along those lines. So I, I would say yes, but not in any sort of direct way, more more in a kind of, I guess, like a roundabout, broad um, broad principles way, I guess. Does, does that make sense? I mean, to some degree, I think the electorate would expect the politicians to be utilitarian. So, like, that's... that's If the electorate view utilitarianism as the good moral... or as the right moral system, let's say, or the true moral system, 
mm-hmm. then they would like the representatives to reflect especially in the case of morality which is super uh important in in politics so let's say politics is culture is downstream from sorry politics is downstream from culture but culture is downstream from morality um, sure so i i think just i think to some degree you can expand it to politics and i would add that in my area of economics everything especially modern economics everything is utilitarian like it's the the whole modern field of economics is entirely utilitarian from saying that there's a market failure because it isn't uh it doesn't serve the the greatest number of people it doesn't doesn't serve the greater good to some degree to um, welfare economics all, all these sure. all, all of these have kind of a utilitarian slant yeah do but the only distinction i would make is that it really depends on the electorate you're talking about so i mean you're you're in the uk as well right if i remember correctly yeah yeah so like i would say that i don't i don't think that um i don't think i I would say maybe for like labor that's true um but i definitely don't think that's the case for like ukip for example um i I think they have very different moral founding um i think yeah i can accept that i'm just saying like in 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 the field of economics, let's say, um, anytime, oh, anytime that something is, when you when you have like a child and you've got like two lines saying supply and demand, and they're mm-hmm. saying actually this isn't optimal, and to what should it, should it be optimal? Then that re- the reason that is given is is the utilitarian reason to serve the the greatest number of people or the welfare of the greatest number of people. Um, sure, so... I, I I get what you're getting at, um, and I think that's true to some extent. But I, I do think with politics, it's a bit, it's almost difficult to know where people come from to some extent because I also think that like, um, like one really good example that where the rhetoric would overlap a ton with the utilitarian, but I don't think it comes from a utilitarian place. Is um, if you look at like populist speakers, um, they often use a lot of those phrases and try and get the economy, you know, working for the working class, working for everyone in the country, that kind of thing. Um, but I don't know if that, strictly speaking, comes from a utilitarian place. I, I would almost say, I think, actually, you could argue that's almost more deontological um, in just believing that kind of whatever um, kind of helps everyone is the most moral, but not, strictly speaking, trying to maximize well-being. If, does that make sense? I think, I think even in the case of populism, they are trying to maximize utility or maximize... For the for the the greatest number of the greatest good, but for a specific group, so they sure. But that, that's kind of what I'm saying, right? Like sorry? if it's for a if it's for a specific group, then I don't know if you can consider that utilitarianism. Well, I guess I guess you could. Yeah, I mean, like, yeah, okay, I guess you could. I think even if you don't consider it, I think there's a you can hack utilitarianism to make it that way. Sure. Yeah. That's yeah. 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 No. That, that's kind of what I was getting at just now. Um. I think if yeah. If you yeah. I agree. Yeah. Sure. Okay. So I I wrote a I wrote a post on my blog mm-hmm. saying utilitarianism is evil, and okay. the, re- the reason why I did that is because I study atrocities and why atrocities happen throughout history. So like largest large atrocities. Okay. Uh. You know. The usual one, Nazis, Soviet Union, China, Cambodia, the big ones. And um, I, I've always been interested to, to see, like, what is the root cause uh, that made people act this way? Because even if you take the Nazis, that's like, what? how can you take, like, a, a society of people that were civilized, loved poetry, loved philosophy, had, like, a strong sense of community? And um, went from A to B, basically. What what mm-hmm. what happened? What were the root causes? And I, I believe over time I found some of those reasons. And I'm not saying that utilitarianism is the reason. I'm just saying I'm, I'm seeing similarities that okay. uh, things things can like you can take utilitarianism as the moral foundation and you can hack it to get the to get similar results. I don't. There may be like a place where I can say it may not be as bad, but uh, I, I still like found like a sort of hack to it, and and I wrote a post about it. And of course, people say I'm I'm 
very, very, very wrong. Even though they, they didn't necessarily disagree with what I was saying, they just said what I was saying wasn't... Sorry, what I was saying is, is true, but it's not problematic as I'm describing it. Okay. But let's, uh, let's start at the beginning. So with regards... And this is the, the context of the conversation. So let's start at the beginning. Um, utilitarianism, we, we did the definition, but how do you know uh, that you are doing the greatest uh, good to the greatest num- number of people? Is it based on a calculus? Is it based on something else? Just just taking, just bringing it like down to earth, if I want to take a particular action, or if I have an option between five different actions, how does utilitarianism guide me in taking this, the right action? Okay, so here's what I would say. Um, and I don't, I, honest to God, I don't speak to many utilitarians at all, at least not in a strictly philosophical context. So it's very difficult to know um, if what I would say is what everyone would say. But I would say there's a big distinction here between two different things, and that's the difference between a kind of like philosophical ideal and a practicable um, application of those ideals. So when it comes to something like utilitarianism, um, I can say that I believe, uh, like, you know, after digging through different moral systems and all of that kind of stuff, that I think this particular moral system is the best one um but it's going every moral system is going to have flaws and the floor the big flaw of utilitarianism in my opinion is that um essentially there is really no way to um accurately calculate calculate util you basically have to go off of um self things like self-reported happiness um and things like you know self-reported well-being essentially because the issue is that we're trying to measure something that is inherently experiential and because we can't ever experience anything outside of our own minds it's going to be impossible to measure that in any kind of objective sense and that's just a 100 percent that is an issue of utilitarianism i don't know if you can ever solve that maybe at some unbelievably distant point in the future um maybe but I, it personally, I don't, I don't think it'll ever be solved. Um, so what I would say is that basically, the you can in, you can never like truly know the util of a certain outcome, but you can um, use certain proxies for that. So say you enact a policy on a certain country and you want to measure it in a utilitarian sense, you want to measure like the utils. Um, you could do some kind of like study in which you measure well-being um, or stated um, happiness amongst the populace. Um, before and after the policy was implemented, for example, um, and try and control for other reasons that why someone's happiness or well-being could change that are separate to the policy, right? Um, so that that's what I would say. I would say that essentially that is a flaw, um, but I think that utilitarianism is still the best moral system. So it's the ideal we should strive for, but practically we can never do true utilitarian calculus, I believe. That's essentially impossible. So how how we know something is difficult to know because it's it's based on on intuition or feeling or, or experience, mm-hmm. and um, when we try to to do the the greatest good for the greatest number of people, again it's it's difficult to know. But we but we kind of try our best, or we or we take the average, or we take the the you know the twenty percent that does eighty percent of the difference, and, and things of that nature to yeah. then go in a particular direction. Yeah. Yeah. So it's difficult to know if something is is good or bad because someone can have like one person can have a good a good reaction to this to one thing and another person may have a bad reaction to the same thing is that fair to say like it, it so it depends on it's very individualistic um i in reference i mean that is true but in reference to what i i don't understand what just, you mean by that i'm just trying to ground it in 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 reality in a sense so let's say how do I know something is true? I, I look at the world, I observe it, I get information about it, and then I process it in my head using reason, and then I say, uh, this is a fact, this is true, and I can I can rely on it to a certain degree. Like if I use a scientific method, for example, I can get a higher certainty of, of that it is true. Um, and here, for example, we just say, well, it depends on the feeling you have inside of you, and that is the true for this type of morality. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And what is the difference between between that or like a, a religious person saying I be, I believe I believe that something is true because I have a feeling that it is right. Um I mean fundamentally 
difference. I think there isn't going to be a difference, but that's going to be true for every human and every system, right? So to some degree, like you said, terrorism has... I think feeling is, is the core. We're not trying to get anything more accurate than that. That's good enough, and we're just going to proceed with uh, trying to make people as happy as possible. As many people as happy or, yeah. or well-off as possible. Say so to be more specific um, is we would try to maximize well-being and well-being defined by a positive mental state, um, which is going to be something that can only be measured by self-reporting. Um, so yeah, but yeah, essentially. Okay, and if I get a positive mental state when I achieve a value, would it then be the case that helping me achieve that value would be what utilitarian would aim for? So if I want to yeah. get if I want to get food and I and I have a shortage of food. Mm-hmm. And I, and I can't obtain this this food any other way. And utilitarianism will come in and give me this food. Uh, it will help me. Sorry, someone will help me get some food, and therefore that person has done some good. Yeah. So charity, just like vanilla charity, in a sense. Yeah, yeah. Vanilla charity is one way to yeah. One, but that'd be one example for sure. Okay. What if uh, me helping someone else? has a detrimental effect on me, but in the larger scale, uh, it has an overall effect on, on more people than just me. Um, so... What are, are the limits, what are the limits of, uh, of helping or utilitarianism? Um, so I, I don't think there are any limits, typically. Um, so what I would say is, essentially, if you... I think I know where you're going with this. And yeah, basically, um, a utilitarian would say it would be more moral to generate well, more well-being. So essentially making your life um, incredibly miserable to maximize the well-being of a ton of other people. If that overall increases well-being, then it would be a moral thing to do. If it overall decreases well-being, so your suffering outweighs the well-being you're generating, then it would be a immoral thing to do. That That would be the calculus. Isn't there some sort of limit that says if it's uncomfortable, then you can stop? Or just like as much, it depends on the circumstances. Um, I, I, it, dep- it depends on what we're talking about, right? In terms of just like a raw moral system, um, there is going to be no limit, right? Um, but in terms of actually applying this to a society, it's you know that there's going to be um, there's going to be limits and whatnot put in place simply because um, an individual can't i like so this is just my belief i guess um i don't think an individual can actually produce that much well-being to counteract the immense suffering they'll place upon themselves if they were to essentially do that um i i think that oh, generating oh, let me just let me just uh see if i understood this so if you if you're saying okay, for it. me me going into a huge amount of suffering won't generate that much well-being anyway so I am I am no use past a certain point, and that certain point means I can I can function normally plus do all these activities to help other people, but no more than that because then it has diminishing diminishing effects. Yeah, essentially, yeah. Okay, uh, so it depends on like how on, but if but if for example, I in particular like, like the more I the more I help other people, the more they they absolutely get help, and I should. Help them as much as possible, no matter like the how much health it costs me or, or wealth it costs me, something like that. Um, I so I wouldn't quite phrase it like that. What I would essentially say is, if you're so the way this basically okay, so this is another kind of like um, interesting thing with utilitarianism that I've thought about a lot, and I don't know if there's a good answer for this. Um, basically, what you're talking about is the so a utilitarian would say whatever generates the most well-being. Um, is the most moral outcome. However, generating half that well-being is still going to be a positive moral outcome. It's just a it's half as moral as going, you know, um, as generating the most. Right by generating half, you're generating half the morality. Essentially, um, the question then becomes: Is do we have a moral obligation to generate the most well-being, or do we only have a moral obligation to lead a moral life? Um, and I think that's something that is pretty hard to answer, honestly. Um, and it's something that I honestly I don't have a good answer for. 
Um, but I don't think that's an issue with utilitarianism, strictly speaking. So I think that even if you were to say, okay, um, maybe we shouldn't be obligated to generate the most well-being because it's going to come at great cost to ourselves. If we can generate half the well-being with only a small cost to ourselves, um, then we should only be obligated to generate half. Then, you know, that that just kind of will lead to a better world or whatever, um, or it's better for the you know everyone involved in the society. Um, I think all of these answers make sense. I think even um, some people saying kind of like, no, you should be you should um, be more obligated to generate the most. I think even that answer can make sense, um, even though I don't think it's the one I would give. Um, but either way, I think there's different answers to this question. And I don't know if I have a particularly good one or particularly satisfying one, to be honest, because um, I think it's a pretty hard question to answer. But yeah, um, essentially, you're talking about the yeah, the obligation we should have. Should we ought to generate the most well-being um it is a question within utilitarianism that's kind of separate to the moral system itself i guess from an individualist point of view what does falling utilitarianism benefit me? um from an individualist perspective how does yes. utilitarianism benefit you yes um so for so, example so for example you're asking me to to do all these things for other people is there some expectation that doing these things for other people will help me? Or is it just, uh, no, like, this is just, you should just do these things because, uh, because it's the um, moral thing to do? Uh, I would say, honestly, a bit of both. Because, so, from, like, if we just talk about, like, today, for example, um, I don't think, I don't know how much you would get, like, in return, essentially. Um, so if you you ought to do the moral thing just because it is the moral thing to do, right? But I think most people would agree with that. So, like, you don't get anything um, from, I don't know, um, I'm trying to think of something that's, like, you, okay, you don't get anything from going out into the night and, um, you know, like, not physically assaulting somebody dramatically, right? But I think most people would still say, morally, you ought not to go out and physically assault people, right? Um, it's still a moral standard we would have. So, sure, but, but I, I can make I can make the argument that physically assaulting someone else would, would hurt me because I would then go to jail. Um, okay, I so the argument I would say in response to that is I think actually in terms of going out into the night and physically assaulting somebody, um, mm -hmm. because it's a relatively minor crime in the grand scheme of things, I actually think you could get away with that incredibly easily. Um, in fact, I know a bunch of people who have been physically assaulted on their way home. Um, when I was back at uni, one of my friends got assaulted just by it was a random hit and run, um, and then nothing ever came of it because it's important. It's very difficult to uh, actually follow up on crimes like that. So the odds of you getting caught are actually incredibly unlikely. So if you're just a big, no, sorry, on. I don't know about that, but it is okay. So let's say there's a risk of me uh, getting imprisoned and losing my freedom. Mm -hmm. So there's a lot, a long, there's a risk of long term damage to my life like i'll have a criminal record it'll be hard to find jobs i'll go to prison for a while i'll meet bad people i could i could not make it out of prison i don't know, I don't know to what degree but it has it has a lot of ne personal negative consequences that it's not worthwhile me engaging in it i but that's i think that's only true if you get caught and i here's what i would um i i would i be curious to look up Sorry, pardon me. I'm just drinking a fizzy drink, so I'm burping a lot. Um, I would be curious to look up how many physical assaults on average actually get, um, like what percent get reported and what percent of people actually get convicted. I reckon it would be fairly low um, in if I had to guess. Um, if I if that was the case, then I think that the like this is this is the reason for government. Like if if people are getting stabbed or attacked like at night and the police can't do anything, then it's a dysfunctional government, but okay, in, I, in, I, in, in general, like it shouldn't really happen. Sure, I agree with that. But um, either way, I think we're getting slightly off topic because the reason I brought this up is because um, it, it was because we were talking about in utilitarianism, what's my reason to um, do the moral actions? So we're in this context. I don't think we need to consider government. So let's actually just remove, let's just say you could physically assault someone um and get away with it 100 percent. you just know that 
Um, I think most people would still say morally you ought not to do it because it's a bad thing to do. Um, you have you should have some moral compulsion to not physically assault somebody. Um, and that's kind of what I would say in regards to utilitarianism, right? It, it's not about getting something out of it. Um, it. It would be more about just if you are a utilitarian, you should be morally compelled to increase well-being, basically, is the argument I'm making. Oh. So I, should, so I shouldn't uh, physically assault someone else because it reduces well-being for for other people yeah i mean from an individual's point of view i can i can, I can make two claims now i can say it's not worth I, I can just add the world long term the world's long term and the situation and i can find a justification for not doing it like i'll have long-term damage from this i can i can get injured myself and sure, the, we- and the rea- and just just and, I, and the reality is there is the police so that that could be like some more reasons, but I can also do the opposite. I can say, well, <laughs> if someone physically physically assaults my wife, I would physically assault them back. Uh, like if if we're both getting mugged or something, I would physically assault them back, and that would be justified, despite um, it lowering the utility. So it wouldn't necessarily lower the utility, right? Um, if it was justified, because so. Two things. Firstly, um, I think you're missing my point just slightly. So you mentioned a bunch of stuff about, you know, if you physically assault someone, it's going to have a bunch of negative things on you. You might get injured, all that kind of stuff. But just to illustrate the point I'm making, I could say just remove all of that. So you know you're not going to get injured. You know you're not going to get caught by the police. Um, If you remove everything, um, even if it was to slightly benefit you in some way, I think most people would still say that you ought not to physically assault someone. Um, It's just a moral compulsion you should have. Um, and in terms of self-defense, if you're getting mugged, um, it actually wouldn't, strictly speaking, um, make sorry, it wouldn't, strictly speaking, be negative util to not defend yourself. Because if let's say um, you're in a situation where you're getting mugged and somebody comes and starts attacking you, um, if you were to just do nothing, not attack them back, you're going to get severe. You're going to get, in all likelihood, way way more injured than if you had defended yourself. So. Your there's a massive negative well-being there that has to be taken into consideration, um, and if you were to defend yourself, um, there is a you know you're you're going to be able to protect yourself essentially, and to some extent, I think you can argue that if somebody is taking an action that is aggressive and is going to inflict negative utility on someone, then the person has a um, has a right to defend themselves essentially. Um, so I, I think there's a bunch of different angles you could take it, but even just, um, choosing not to, um, attack them back, that wouldn't strictly speaking maximize utility. In fact, actually defending yourself probably would maximize utility because you have to consider your own well-being, right? It does get factored in at the end of the day. Okay. And what if I, what if I said that this person is attacking me with an, they're coming to attack me with a knife, but I, I have a gun. Now I can take yep. the gun out and I can threaten the person and then like basically scale them off or I can just shoot them and mm-hmm. I can make the claim that it would be more beneficial to society if I prevent this happening both for myself and from other people in the future. Um, so you're saying that it would be more moral to shoot them as opposed to just scare them the, off, right? For the greater good. Um, so this, okay, this is how you would uh, essentially, this is how you would um, kind of like uh, maths this out, I guess. The, so in, in an, I, if we're talking about like a, a scientific vacuum and we can measure every variable... Okay, I have a problem. I, I have a little bit of a problem with the scientific vacuum uh, scenario because I, I do feel that um, when we, we need to kind of interact with reality to see what is, what is more. Like if we have these sanitized situations where we remove all these uh, elements from reality and it makes it like un- unreal to some point, but, but just... Having said that, continue. Um, so, I mean, do you want me to respond to that or do you want me to go on into what I was saying? Because I do have a response for that. Go ahead and respond to that. Okay, cool. Um, so I would say that it, this kind of goes back to what I said at the very start when we were talking about utilitarianism um, and how you do the measurements. So in philosophy, I think there's a really important distinction between what is um, kind of like your philosophical ideals and what is actually practical. So of course, when we can't, we can never like take a moral vacuum and actually um, kind of like you know, and actually do this in real life, it's never going to be that clean. There's always going to be unexpected variables, externalities, all that kind of stuff. Um, however, 
I think it is useful to um, to kind of talk about things and hypotheticals in a vacuum because if you know your ideals, um, then you know what the best solution, that's best outcome is, and then you should always strive for that best solution. So when you apply it to a practical setting, you know what your ideal is, and you can move the, like in the best way towards that, even though there's going to be ex- externalities that you're going to have to consider that may alter the formula in some way. Um, but yeah, I would say that if, in fact, I, I would actually say the opposite. I think um, trying to consider everything at once actually muddies the waters um, in terms of working out your, in terms of moral clarity, basically. Um, because if you're trying to factor everything all in all at once, you're never going to be able to understand um, your fundamental principles in, in as best way as you can, in my opinion. Okay, but in general, like removing the police from a hypothetical is is already unrealistic. I'm not not saying there could be a rock on the floor and you could stumble on it. I'm just saying the police being there, that's like fundamental to, to most places. Maybe some countries don't have it, but uh, I would say the majority of countries do. Okay, sure. But the reason I brought that up is because, so like I was trying to illustrate that um, things, you can do things that are that people would consider immoral even if they have no negative um, consequence to yourself so once we factor in the police obviously we know that no one would just do this randomly well <laughs> actually it does happen occasionally but um it, it's very unusual for someone to do that just uh, randomly right um but that you know exploring the territory where you don't have the police um gives gets you kind of a better picture of what a person may say um towards this moral problem you know as is and then you can kind of go from there, right? And let, let's say, for example, we don't have the police, but uh, you attack someone and that someone's uncle is now looking for you mm-hmm. for, for, for like months on end. He's looking at, at cameras, asking everyone if they have any recordings of the area. He has like all these violent men that he tells them what to do. And he's looking for you for like ages. And so it's either there's some deterrent in society, either by the government or by the people themselves that if you if you harm someone there will be there can be consequences to doing so you can't say in a sterile vacuum i can harm anyone i want without any consequences i i agree but we're talking about um moral principles and the point i'm making is that when discussing moral principles i think it muddies the water to add in all those variables just because you're not going to get the root of the issue um so i i'm trying to think of a good analogy for this but it would be like um it would be like if you give someone the instructions to bake a cake um you're never go it would be really bizarre to give them the instructions with um kind of notes for every potential thing that could go wrong so like if um someone drops high, uh, hydrochloric acid into your cake mixture this is the next step you should do having all of those steps laid out would be nonsensical you just give them the cake um the cake instructions and then the idea is that anything that goes wrong the person should be able to adapt and change what they're doing in accordance to their situation um but the best recipe for a cake is always just going to be the the just the pure instructions start to finish with no fluff right and this i think it's kind of similar here well i Okay, I think we should we should move off this topic, but I I I do think that like things like you know the the trolley problem and things like um, the morality to some to some degree, like if if we have a reality based moral morality and we say we do these things because of that's that's the best way to reality, then I I think like at, at the very least, large elements that reality can give you feedback if you take certain actions are, are relevant. But let's move off the topic. So, what did you wanna? Yeah. What did you wanna say apart from this? Uh, I so the reason we went into this is because you asked if um, you asked what utilitarianism would do for you. And okay, I could answer this. I'll answer the second part. So, essentially, the first part was: um, should I be morally compelled to um, act in a utilitarian way? And that's kind of what led us down that route. Then the second part is: what can utilitarianism do for you? Um, so, I be- strongly believe that um, a world in which people adopt utilitarianism and go out of their way to help other people would benefit everybody because you are a person, you have an experience, and your well-being matters as well. So, in a, if in a world in which everyone follows utilitarian principles sure there's no direct obvious like you get this benefit from it everyone would have everyone else's interests um in their own mind so it's a world in which everybody would in a way look after each other um and i think 
that is a pretty big benefit to a utilitarian outlook on on the world um and that's something that it could do for you essentially okay let's let's take a different way let's say we have a world full of uh virtue ethicists mm-hmm. and they're all like trying to improve themselves like everyone is uh trying to be the best version of themselves in a society mm-hmm. and would you say again from an individualist point of view would you say that that society could be good uh uh yeah i yeah I, almost definitely i don't see why not another example let's say everyone in society is is christian and very religious would you say that society could be good um it so it depends on what you mean by good to some extent i guess you you decide um, okay sure so i mean from my perspective i would say it, it's kind of in part, yes, but there's definitely going to be some uh, huge drawbacks. So I think that if you take... I, it depends what kind of Christianity we're talking about to some extent, but if we take like a very traditional uh, view on things, then I would say that you know, there, you know um, LGBT rights, for example, are going to be something that's uh, going to be scaled back. I think uh, women are going to have more rigid roles, and in, well, gender roles in general are going to be more um rigid um and I, I would say that there's going to be a lot of people under that that would have a want to do something outside of their traditional gender roles um that wouldn't be able to enact that so like for those people it wouldn't be i don't think it would be good no um but at the same time there are going to be a lot of people that practice christianity who strongly believe in uh, all of the practices under it that it would be very good for them so Overall, um, it, I, it could be good. Um, it probably has in the past. We have probably have had Christian societies that have been like relatively, you know, functional and well, probably very functional actually. Um, mm-hmm. But it wouldn't necessarily work for every individual in that society. I don't think. No. Um, so it, it kind of depends what you mean by good to some extent. But I would say overall, kind of. But for everybody, no, absolutely not. Okay, so let's say there's a minority of people that it won't benefit as much as as the rest of society, yeah? Mm-hmm. Is is there a minority of people in utilitarian, if all society was utilitarian, that would also not benefit as much as everyone else? Um, I mean, potentially, I would say only if you found a group of people in which... So, like, if you're talking about a pure utilitarian system, which isn't what I necessarily agree with, but if you're talking about a pure utilitarian system, then, yeah, if there's a minority of people in which more well-being can be generated by fucking them over rather than working with them, then that minority would be screwed over, yeah. Okay. But but it's, like, understood that that's the payment for living in such a society, yeah? No, I don't think so. Not necessarily. Again, it depends slightly on what type of utilitarian you are. So in a raw utilitarian society, then yes. Um, but if you live under, say, a rule utilitarian society, then I would say no. Um, because the, I guess everything would try to be, pardon me, everything would try to be balanced across everybody rather than, a, sorry, pardon me, <laughs> um, rather than um, having these these kind of sections where you can get a benefit by screwing over a certain minority, right? So yeah, it just it depends on the type of utilitarian society you would um you would kind of advocate for. Okay, and um, so we said rule and act utilitarianism. So in rule utilitarianism, would there be more uh, rights and principles that would govern society, and those would uh, reduce uh, minorities being affected? Um, sorry, could you just repeat that? So in in rule utilitarian utilitar- mm-hmm. utilitarianism. Would there be more individual rights in law and principles in law that would make sure that these minorities would not be screwed over? Um, I think in yeah, I think in most rule utilitarian societies, you'd, you'd probably want something like this in place. Um, but it, I think you'd have to define the minority to some extent. So um, I think one, the most obvious example that people go to all the time um, in a, a huge kind of like distinction between rule and raw would be if you take the minority of um, people getting like the, the, the often the common example is, um, OK, in a utilitarian society, would it be moral to like essentially kidnap somebody and harvest their organs to save 10 people? That's like the, a very, very common thing that's given. Oh, I and, see. Um, 
yeah so and um, so the to protect that minority um there's a couple things you can do so the first answer the raw utilitarian would just say yep that's moral do it um but the rule utilitarian would say on a societal level if everybody knows that they can be kidnapped at any point um to have their organs harvested to be given to um to save a bunch of other people essentially um that would generate more negative well-being because everybody would be aware of it and it would create, you know, everyone would be upset at that practice, essentially. So for better societal outcomes, you can put a rule in place that this isn't allowed, even if it would generate um, more utility on a local level. Um, if that Does that make sense? Yeah, I think I think that uh, my understanding of, uh, of rule utilitarianism is you have these principles or, or, or rights to people and mm-hmm. the utilitarian element is which which principle or which right is the top is like the does the most yep. uh, yeah yeah that's exactly it. yeah which principle generates the most utility yeah and um and i think i think that obviously because these these principles and rights would by definition have a more long term effect more long term view on uh, on things so i i i think that you know, including an, an act utilitarian, you, you may have a more short-term view on these things, like there's five people yeah. who need the thing, and and so on and so forth. But um, yeah, so I, I I think I understand that. Um, I I do have one problem with making decisions about which action to take, or what do you get the information about which action which action is the best one to take, and and this is where I feel that people can do unethical things so or even even like uh, unknowingly to themselves but if for example we say that we want to do the most good for the most number of people like it's difficult to know these things yourself so sometimes it is the case you default on asking experts or leaders to tell you what is the thing that will cause the most good for the most number of people and i think that in this particular element I'm, i'm not I'm not saying that this this is right or wrong to do, but I'm just saying in this particular element, the side effect of doing this is that you're outsourcing your thinking to someone else. Now, to some degree, like we we you can make the claim that we do need experts for certain things. We're not experts in any in everything, mm-hmm. but there is a way to objectively like um, decide if this information is good or not. However, people who don't take this extra step of of evaluating this information, just saying, "Oh, these are trusted sources," just allow people to feed them information which they then will take action on. So to some degree, these are like um, programs or drones where an expert says this is the best thing we should be doing to help people. And then like all these drones are like nodding their head, I agree, I agree. They'll either do it or they'll tell the politician to do it. But this is kind of the effect, like the, they've outsourced their thinking to someone else. I'm not saying like it's in all cases, but it's certainly back to like in the issue of atrocities which i'm more sensitive to i I do know it's like this could be an issue yeah of course i mean i yeah i would agree um it's yeah i mean obviously so i strongly believe um that we should follow expert opinion for sure um but i obviously that's going to have its pitfalls and 100 percent like following thought leaders and not doing any kind of independent thinking um on your own or across a populace is going to lead to um you know poor decisions being made and then you know if those aren't able if there isn't room to question those decisions then obviously that could lead to all sorts of um horrific things yeah i completely agree um but i don't think this is something that I, i don't know if i would say this comes from utilitarian thinking um personally i think this is more um i think this is more just kind of a honestly i I would say this is probably more got more to do with just trying to run large society in general um because having a large society that is going to work for all of the people in it is something that's going to be incredibly difficult to do and i think that's actually probably more the reason why you kind of get these um get power conglomerated or like concentrated in certain thought leaders um, because the idea is they should be able to solve it for everybody. Um, but yeah, I don't think that's unique to utilitarian thinking. I think anything that puts a lot of power in the hands of a small collection of people that need to work it out for everybody is going to have the same problems. So democracy. Yeah. Do do we have, can we have societies that will, will work for everyone? Um, uh, and what does working for means? 
Well, I, when I say work forever, I mean, um, I, I just mean generally kind of everyone is um, content with their lives. They're able to, um, you know, like they're able to um, live relatively happy lives, um, achieve most of the things they want to do. Um, yeah, I, I would say that's what I mean by work for everyone. Where you don't have any, like a society in which you don't have any like major problems. So something like, um, you know, people dying of starvation or... Uh, you know, people not um, like people being homeless, things like that. I would say those kind of problems are. Um, if none of those problems exist, then I would say you probably have a society that works for everyone, um, assuming everyone isn't living in like absolute abject poverty, but they're technically like you know surviving. If that makes sense. So the um, so the, the bare minimum must be provided for society to work for everyone. Yeah, I would say so. Yeah. Okay. With going slightly back to the expert, expert opinion, it seems to me, and please tell me if you think I'm I'm, I'm wrong, um, that we have two kinds of ways of getting knowledge within utilitarianism. We have uh, feelings-based or intuition-based, and then we also have intersubjectivism, where we have uh, a group of people uh, observing reality and telling us this is a this is a truth, like. Uh, if we have inequality, economic inequality or income inequality, then it is bad for our society. And, and like a thousand people or 10 or 10,000 people tell you this. And because just of the sheer numbers of people and they're all looking at reality, there's some kind of weight to them, to so many people observing the same thing. And therefore we have two mechanisms of, of, of getting knowledge. Would you agree or disagree? Um, I've, I've never heard that distinction before, but, um, I, yeah, that sounds like a distinction that could exist. Because if we're using experts to some degree, like we're following this, this methodology, it's not the case yeah. that one person observes something and will accept it. Yeah, 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 of course. Yeah. And to some degree, like a lot of the debates in utilitarianism, like you'll have like some sort of, uh, well, let's, let's just say if, if you come up to like a deontologist, you'll have some sort of weak grounding from a utilitarian side saying it feels good but then you have all this hardcore data on the back on the back end of it saying this proves my point so like we should do this because it feels right which is somewhat not not very well grounded if, if you understand what i mean but then we yep. have tons and tons and tons of data saying why this is the right thing to do yeah sure. or this specific course of action is the right thing to fix the problem that doesn't feel good yeah, I I sense agreement here. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, yeah. <laughs> I the thing is that well, I guess what I would say is like I think all moral positions to some extent boil down to because it feels good, right? Not my, not my one. No, no? mine is different, and yeah, I don't think. Sure. I, I don't. Think, I don't know if you want to get into that here, actually. But. I don't. I don't think we have time to go into my one. But no, mine is not. Uh, not that not, mine has more anyway it's a long one long long explanation um, it's not based on feelings and it's not based on revelation you you do use emotions in it but the emotions are like on the back end of it so for example if i if i made the decision that i want to i don't know lose weight and it's good for my life and it's it, it seems it seems very practical but it is it is to some degree like a, a moral action because it benefits me uh, so it's a moral action to take. And if I lose weight and if I succeed, then I will feel happy after I achieved this uh, this thing I wanted to achieve and um, or, or obtained a certain value. And then I will be happy. But the, but the first part is obtaining the value and the emotion is on the back end of it. Or the emotions can guide you if you're on the right track. So if, for example, I want to lose weight, but then I, I ate an ice cream, then I will feel bad after having eaten the ice cream because I'm off track. Yeah. But okay, um, yeah, I understand. I, I don't think that there is. Uh, I, I think that's actually very similar to utilitarianism, to be honest. Um, because the utilitarian would say that technically we aren't doing what feels good; we are doing what generates the most utility. Um, but obviously, you know, I like this, that. I think both that and doing whatever is best for yourself boil down to I'm doing this because I, it feels good. Essentially, um, like generating the most utility for the most people is an objective thing that you could theoretically measure, but people um, have that as a moral principle because it feels good. And I believe the same would be true of your system. 
Yeah, so I said I can't disentangle the happiness element from it. Like, obviously, I'm not trying to suffer and I'm trying to, you know, stay happy. And you can, you can say it's an objective fact. You observe all humans and all humans want to be happy. That's what they, they strive for. Mm-hmm. And, and what does it mean to be happy? Well, that, that could mean different things from different people. But it is, you could say it's objectively true that everyone wants to be happy. Mm-hmm. Um, giving the option of being happy or not being happy. Uh, but um, I think that how we be, how we become happy that that has to be determined by rationality and and reason and in reality. Like we we are integrated with reality and we cannot avoid that. And fighting that would obviously cause us not to be happy. And also we have the ability of thinking long term. So we would want thing that make us makes us happy in the long term or content or even. Even if you take like the basic Aristotelian notion of uh, eudaimonia, where you just want to be content and happy, that I think is is a good way with a little bit of baggage to explain what I'm talking about. No, I, I actually think I, uh, I actually think I get what you're saying quite a lot, and um, I don't think a utilitarian would, strictly speaking, disagree with this. In fact, um, so I've got a friend who I talk to a lot about you know philosophical things. Um, kind of various hypotheticals i am um, i talk with him a ton um and we both essentially follow utilitarianism but one of the things he has always argued is that um like wh- one of the traps that i guess you can fall into as a utilitarian is um chasing well-being on a short-term level and i think that um the argument he's always made is that actually even if something feels good for you in the short term if it's bad for you in the long run um, it's something that we can't really consider utility. So he would actually take the stance of something like um, eating fast food um, would actually be immoral because it's something that's going to have bad negative um, outcomes to you in the long term and decrease your well-being in the long run. So that that's something that he, he would argue that I think actually kind of... Um, would, I could kind of relate to what you're saying right now. Um, I don't know if that's quite what you're getting at, but if it is, just let me know. Yeah, I- I I think what he's saying is right, but I just would take it like as a your whole life should be through through your lens. I and I think that um, to some degree, like if you if you say my life, so to, to some degree, like you only have one life, and yeah. you should live it. So I I don't think there'll be another life after me, or I don't think that after I die, sorry, that my I have a spirit that will go somewhere. This this is it. And I should, I, I better make the, the best use of it. Yeah. And I think to some degree, like if I am required to, this is a strong word, but just bear with me. If I'm required to be a sacrificial animal to other people that can have a, a negative effect on my one and only life. And I'm sure you're going to say that's not what the intention was and so on and so, but just bear, just from, from my point of view, if it, uh, it doesn't have a long term positive effect on my life. And I think, to some degree, um, in general, like there's a, a spectrum of individualism and collectivism, and mm-hmm. uh, you could say utilitarian falls like slightly in the middle, leaning towards collectivism, but there's still some individualist elements in it. Um, where I would fall like heavily on the individual individualist side, and I think sure. that. I think that the atrocities that were committed in the past, back to, to the original point, I think they were heavily on the collectivist side. That's why yeah. I um, I have an, an allergic reaction to to what when I I run across these things. I would say I would say lastly on on this actually this this actual point, and we touched on it at the beginning of the conversation was that. Um, utilitarians in general, the one I see, and, and bear in mind I'm coming from an economic background, uh, the limit of the the group of people is the state. I haven't seen a utilitarian make a case for a worldwide uh, thing. So ov- obviously there are people who, who practice effective altruism and they'll send money to Africa because that's the best use of money. But in terms of like um, the people I run into, utilitarians I run into, They'll be like, we need these, we need these national policies so we can help X people. It's never like we need send more foreign aid, or you know the way the developed countries uh, are like twenty. I'm just throwing a number, like twenty three percent of the popula- the global population, and the other seventy seven percent are. Is it seventy seven percent? Yes. I am not aware. 
these stats, but that sounds about right, honestly. Yeah, yeah, the other seventy-seven percent are like really, really poor, and we sh- and as and because we're all utilitarian and all humans are the same, we should send all our money or all our welfare to these uh, to these other countries. I haven't seen a utilitarian make that case ever. <clears throat> Maybe an effective altruism person would, but typically I, I haven't seen that uh, that case being made. Um, so it does seem to me that that is the confines, typically, of, of utilitarianism. And I think that even, like, if you and I, we, we include sentient beings or animals into this group, I think that's... We're kind of manipulating the formula to some degree because we feel that it's the right thing to do. We feel that it's connected. But equally, you can take a Yuki person and say they feel that white British Christians are the only group that they should be concerned about. And anyone outside that group, the out group, if you, if you hurt them, if you cause them any damage, that's, you know, that we're not, they don't deserve, you know, the same level of morality. They're not the people we're looking out for. So I think I think the scope of the of the group of people and even animals or not animals, I think that can be you know enlarged or shrunk by how it feels to you. If it feels right to enlarge or it feels right to shrink it. Yeah, I mean, yeah, for sure. You're supposed to fight back at this point. Say no, this isn't what utilitarian means. It's written in the scripture. No, I'm not going to argue against people that use utilitarianism and kind of like you know decide what groups they want to uh, factor into util because at the end of the day like utilitarianism is just a framework how you use it is is kind of up to you so yeah there's going to be utilitarians that i heavily disagree with without a shadow of a doubt and there's going to be some that i am you know agree with more than others like um it's interesting that you bring up the point about wealthier countries sending money to poorer countries because again this is i I, maybe i i don't know if i have a bit of a unique perspective on this because i've spoken so much to this one friend uh, because this this, this is actually an argument he would make um he said you've never heard it before but he's like a lifelong friend and he's the one utilitarian i know uh, really well that does make that case so yeah i don't know Uh, my experience seems to be very different to yours when it comes to dealing with utilitarians so yeah, I mean, yeah, there's going to be people that use it me, in, in to me, exclude certain groups. Oh, sorry, go on. Let me, let me clarify. The utilitarians I usually deal with, and, and maybe I'm defining it wrong, but I'll usually like consequentialists, like vanilla, Sokdems, kind of economics people. Yeah, honest to God. Um, so this is just my opinion. I can't, um, you know, justify this. I've never, like, asked anyone in that camp this question, but I would honestly say that I do think, and I strongly believe this, a lot of those people, um, especially when it comes to people falling into like political ideologies, I think a lot of those people don't actually have any underlying moral principles and their moral principle is more or less the political end goal rather than um, something like utilitarianism as a guiding principle. So if you were to speak to a SOCDEM, they may do a lot of things that appear utilitarian, but they're doing them because they believe in um, socialism or democracy or whatever. Well, no, no, no. I think I think it's because they believe in the high level political prescription rather than the fundamental philosophical idea. Um, so yeah, I, I, d- I don't know if those people necessarily would be utilitarians, even if they say they are. I think a lot of people misunderstand it, um, and a lot of people kind of use it in a way to justify something like socialism or democracy rather than looking at whether it is actually justified by going from the philosophical principle um, forwards. If that does that make sense. Not not exactly, but let's see if I can clarify it because I've, sure. I've got some experience with these people myself. Maybe I'm wrong. Maybe these aren't utilitarians at all. But they they say they're consequentialists, and as far as I know, that's like that means a, a form of utilitarianism. But but basically, let's look at it this way, right? Let's say mm-hmm. charity versus um, government pol- government welfare. Yeah. So let's say if i were to do the most good for the most people i would take like let's say one or two percent of my um, monthly salary and i would give it to charity okay mm-hmm. not not unheard of at least when back in yep. the day when i started these things but uh but these people uh, these consequences would say that um this doesn't help at all this is like a drop in the bucket the best way to help these people is to vote really hard I, I mean, that, that sounds kind of like a ridiculous position to hold, to be honest. But that, you, that sounds you know like what I some, mean, right? Yeah, I, I know the 
exact kind of people you mean, but I think those people are suffering from like a lot of, I don't know, almost ideological brain rot. And I, I don't know if I would trust anything they say, but I, yeah, I can tell you, I can tell you the, the justification if you want. Yeah, no, I, I understand the justification, at least from what I've heard. Um, it's usually because, um, charity, essentially charity is a bad system and by, contributing towards a bad system you're never going to have the better outcomes later down the line because you're upholding a you know you're upholding charity which in, is in and of itself a poor system to work with it's never going to uplift the class of people it aspires to help whereas if you vote in a uh, socialist um like government though that is a systematic change that can actually help the people it strives to help thus charity is useless that that's usually the argument i hear i don't know if that's the same but go ahead. yeah so it is what you're saying but the, the short version is solidarity before charity okay sure yeah um but yeah i think i i would say that i think that's a terrible argument <laughs> i think it's really dumb but, but yeah that's just me i guess yeah so it just seems like we've given up it, we've seen it seems like we've given up on all these ethical things like helping other people giving to charity volunteering your time you know for a variety of different things either like going to a soup kitchen or i don't know coding a website for a particular charity and all that or or, or even let's say i i uh, am a consultant and i once i on a few times i helped some charities and i didn't charge for my services uh well, it was a welsh children's charity and one was uh something in uganda for doing medicine like sure. how, to co how to collect the data for all the different medical trials and stuff like that um yeah, no, i think that's a fantastic thing to do i'm never you're never gonna get me to, i'm never gonna agree with those people that think charity is useless i think that's a moronic position to be honest it just seems today that like with this position that they take that 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 improving society necessarily means how you vote and it just puts a lot of extra weight on it i think yeah. and, and that becomes like a matter of life and death like if you if you don't vote for this for this party then lgbtq people will die in the street shot die in the street and uh, all these people w will be terrible and then on the other side they have their own like groups of people that will die in the street and they need protection so it just seems like everyone's fighting for their own identity groups and and which which groups the, the government should give resources to sure I, here's what i'll say about this um I, I definitely i know exactly what you're talking about and i see it a lot as well um but my honest opinion and i know you're going to disagree with this and that's like totally fine um but I, I would honestly say that i don't believe that those people are a good representation of utilitarianism i, I think the vast majority of those people are basically just like they'll say they're utilitarian for because it's what their in-group says or because it's you know broadly what they believe um you know their political ideology kind of aspire or like um what it aligns with the most but it i would say for those people it almost always stems first from the political ideology rather than the underlying principle um and for that reason, I am I, I'm going to have a ton of disagreement with those types of people for sure. I've seen a lot of people like in, in the debating world use utilitarianism like very loosely. Yeah, like I've seen uh, someone. Yeah. I've seen someone say I'm a truth utilitarian. I'm a liberty utilitarian, and then it's just basically just like the, they'll say these things, but it's basically like the vanilla. Um, either I'm a socialist or a socialist. Like it's always political related. Yeah. related to, to politics it's not like i'm going to act in a particular way it's no. always it's always what policies I'm, i want to vote for what government i want to vote for yeah no exactly um that, that yeah i yeah 100 percent. i see it a lot as well and it's um honestly really annoying <laughs> but, yeah. so do you think like utilitarianism that was founded in the uk is like the there's like a residue of it but the core element is not no longer there i don't know about the uk in terms of something that fundamental um yeah I'm, I'm not sure because like i said i mean we definitely have um kind of in along the same lines as the us i guess we have a bit of a ha we've moved towards a more populist sort of narrative recently with you know things like brexit and um you know jeremy corbyn as well would be the leftist populist um i i would say that 
I don't know if that, strictly speaking to me, um, suggests a move towards utilitarianism. I I think that's more of just like a high-level political thing. And I honestly don't know what the people voting for those people would believe on a fundamental level. So I I don't know. Uh, It would be a really hard question to answer. Would you say that people nowadays spend a lot of time in in politics instead of morality or or, or doing like moral things? 100%. Yeah, absolutely. I I think... um, I wouldn't even just say people in politics. I think that people in general, um, I think, in my opinion, um, philosophy is one of those things where like, it's something that everybody has to do all of the time, even if they're not aware of it. And the fact that people don't like your average person doesn't study philosophy, I think is actually a bit of a shame, really, because like I said, it's it's one of the things like maths, you know, or language that you have to do throughout your life. Um, But people don't really have any kind of like um, don't really know much about it because it's not a particularly hard studied subject, you know, at least on a wide scale. And I think that's a real shame. Um, so yeah, I, I, yeah, I would agree with that for sure. But I wouldn't limit it to politics. I would say it's pretty, it's pretty true for everyone. Yeah, it just seems like politics today is like a very aggressive blood sport. Yeah, pretty much. Okay, I guess, I guess I'll let you go because it's been over an hour. Uh, yeah, I was about to say I, I should probably bounce. <laughs> Okay, well, thank you for your time. No worries. Did um, you find the conversation that. interesting at all? or? Yeah, I, well, I mean, it was mostly you prying uh, my ideas, and I always enjoy talking about this stuff, so I enjoyed it. Um, but yeah, I'd be curious to know uh, more about your own... But I was I was surprised at how non-hostile it was after you said it was going to be hostile. I'm pissed <laughs> off. Okay. I'm, I'm upset. It's like... Maybe I'm dealing with Americans and not British people because you know with British people you get some you get a bit of tea right and you sit down yeah. and you have you have a chat with mm. Americans like oh my god you're so wrong yeah yeah, <laughs> yeah that's not me in general like you you are kind of aware that utilitarianism can have limitations can be misused can yeah, isn't isn't really practiced the way you would like it to be at the moment. Okay. I mean, what, 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 do you have many thoughts on the answers I've given, or? Well, I've thought about it. So I, the position that I was taking at utilitarianism is evil, that, and and the points that I've raised to me, it's 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 still a concern. Can you be like a moral person and a utilitarian? I mean, I hope so. May pro, pro, hopefully. Uh, it just it just um, but in terms of like. Um, it being true, it, it doesn't, it doesn't, or, or it doesn't fall under that category for me, because sure. because of the feeling element. Yeah, no, that, that's totally fair. I, I can understand um, for sure. It's all yeah, I, yeah, I can understand that for sure. I don't, I don't think, think I, I don't think you're a bad person or anything. Sure, I'm glad to know that. <laughs> I appreciate it.